Are you ready to live your best life, be stronger, and fall in love with yourself? It's possible, and it's inside you, but you need to unlock the power within. Welcome to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. Jody used to be afraid to take risks. It took some stepping out of her comfort zone to get her there. Along with her guests and their stories, Jody will help you to live your best life ever. Now, here's your host, Jody Harrison Bauer. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm Jody Harrison Bauer, and you are tuning in to Fearlessly Authentic. And I've got a great show for you with an amazing, amazing guest that you are going to learn so much from. First of all, I want to thank you for listening to the show, sharing it with your friends. And I also want to thank you if you are new to the show. The show is about educating you, empowering you, entertaining you and inspiring so you can live a fearlessly authentic life. Because in my opinion, what are we doing here if we're not living the most fearlessly authentic life ever? So remember to rate, review, and subscribe. I love hearing from you. I love hearing your feedback and your suggestions about the show. Keep them coming. We have a five-star rating. And so just leave that review. Also, you can check me out with my guest on YouTube at Fearlessly Authentic. Just go to at Jody Harrison Bauer. That's my name on all social media platforms at Jody Harrison Bauer. And check us out if you want to see what we look like. Um, everybody is quite interesting. And I love the fact that you can not only listen to the show, but you can also watch us during the show as well. So it's really, really fun. Today, my show is about keeping your mind and your body strong. So when we think about working out, we think about that we're just making our body stronger. But I fell in love with this podcast called Mind Pump. I normally don't listen to fitness podcasts because I've been in the business for over 33 years and I pretty much feel like I know most of everything I need to know. Not that I'm not open to learning, but Honestly, most of the fitness podcasts out there are not worth listening to. However, Mind Pump is. And I want to introduce you to Adam Schaefer, who is a guest on the show today. And we are going to talk about how Mind Pump started. And here's a little bit about Adam. Adam Schaefer had a lot of adversity to overcome as a child. He lost his father to suicide at the age of seven and bounced around to nine different homes by the time he was 17. Adam was bullied in school, which ultimately led to him being homeschooled. In the midst of his childhood turmoil, one constant in Adam's life was his love for sports. He was a natural athlete who loved snowboarding, water skiing, basketball, and anything else sports related. Adam's love for sports led him down the path of learning about fitness and nutrition. Adam got started with his career in fitness in 2001. His first entrepreneurial venture was as a child of 10, so it seemed natural for Adam to become an entrepreneur in fitness. As part of his ongoing quest to learn and grow in his career, Adam has obtained certifications from top fitness training institutions, including IFP Association, the National Academy of Sports Medicine, the National Council on Strength and Fitness, and the National Exercise and Sports Trainers Associations. Adam also prioritizes his own fitness and worked diligently to become an IFBB men's physique pro, which allows him to compete as a professional bodybuilder. 
Early in his career, Adam discovered that he loved to train and teach others. He has worked with over 1,000 people as a trainer and fitness expert and deeply values the lessons he has learned from clients. In addition to training clients one-on-one, Adam has also led boot camps, provided nutrition counseling, and helped others improve their sales and leadership skills. Adam has found a way to train and teach even more people through Mind Pump. Adam found that combining his passion and expertise with that of Sal, Justin, and Doug give him the opportunity to make a big impact on the fitness industry. He hopes to change it for the better and bridge the gap between wellness and performance. Through Mind Pump, Adam wants to offer a media outlet that provides fitness and health education in the most entertaining way possible. And let me tell you guys, they are entertaining. You need to listen to Mind Pump. Welcome to the show, Adam Schaefer. Thank you. Actually, I haven't heard that bio in a really long time. So, <laughs> did you like while. it? Did you like it? <laughs> they need to update some things. I'm gonna have to get back to my team on some of that stuff. There's a lot of things that we've done since then with Mind Pump that I think is probably more interesting than some of my old past stuff. But right, I right. I know. It. Sometimes when I hear my bio, I say, "Wait a minute, I should have taken that out," or and that's why I didn't get into all the fitness um, certifications. So I, I just want to share with everybody how I found you that um, Adam and with Doug who's the producer of the show, Justin and Sal, all host a show for how many years has it been? We are coming up on eight. So it's been uh, over seven years. And how many episodes? We're approaching 2000. That's incredible. Congratulations. Thank you. That is crazy. And so I don't normally listen to fitness podcast just because not because I think that I know everything, but I think there's a lot of bullshit out there and it drives me crazy to hear people who don't know what they're talking about, who are like, you know, younger and haven't experienced things to talk about stuff they don't know and give the wrong information because a lot of people listen to those people. I came across mind pump and these guys blew me away and I was just screaming Yes, yes, yes. I mean, in the gym, in my car, because they were finally talking about things that were so true. So please share with everybody what the podcast Mind Pump is all about and your company and how you started everything. Sure. So something that we all saw, so the four of us, when we got together, we saw an opportunity in the podcasting space in particular. So this is almost nine years ago when we first meet. And so most people don't know about podcasting. And when you look at the podcasting space in fitness in particular, there wasn't really any content that was very appealing to us. And that is not to um, throw shade on anybody that was doing it back then. I know there were some good podcasts in the fitness space, like Ben Greenfield, uh, uh, Sean Stevenson was coming up around that time. Um, who else was, there was a few out there that were, that had some decent podcasts. And they have that, like, um, um, uh, Oprah's trainers that. Yeah. Know. Right. I can't remember, yeah. I don't remember the name, but they, there's a, there was a handful that were, that were popular at the time. And we, we listened to all of them. And when we listened to the content, uh, all of us kind of came to the same conclusion that this is not a podcast that I would continue to listen to. And the reason why we thought that was the other had two, we, we saw there was two, two examples. And I gave good examples. I think of people that actually gave pretty good information. There was some, a lot of podcasts that were terrible. 
And you either had one people that were spitting out terrible information that is either harmful to people or is just awful or, and it, and not always from a place of malice. Like I think a lot of times it's just immaturity young in their career, haven't been experienced enough, haven't helped enough people out to realize the information that they were providing was just not that valuable to the average person. The other thing that we noticed was the people that were really smart, like Ben Greenfield is a very smart trainer and a friend of ours. Uh, but he also went really deep into the weeds. He started off very basic and then he got deeper and deeper and deeper. And then he went down the biohacking rabbit hole. And I really think he pigeonholed himself to a very niche community of people that want to know about like the, the really high performance biohacking type stuff, which is right. a very niche community, right? It's very niche. It's very niche. Yeah. And not everybody yeah, wants to know about that if they're just starting out in fitness and are looking for a place like, how do I do a squat? That's right. And what we saw was, these a lot, and when I when I think back, like so, Justin, Sal, and I all have over two decades of training clients, and when I think about the average client that we all trained, none of them would listen to these shows. And so, what we thought immediately was like, okay, that's the bulk of the general population. That's the bulk of people that were buying personal training from us. Why is nobody having a conversation for those people? And when we sat down and thought, okay, what does that look like? And we thought, well, it looks very similar to a conversation we'd have while we were training a client. I mean, you've been in the industry for a long time. You've been training clients for a long time. You remember what it's like to train somebody and the types of conversation you have, which has got a little bit of family and fun and current events. And then also some good information. You're, you're educating your client on what we're doing, why we're training this way, why we're eating this way. And then also how's the family, what's going on on TV. What's it. And so Totally. That dynamic conversation, we wanted to bring that into the podcasting space because that is what made us very successful as personal trainers. And we did, and the idea when we put it out there was uh, we didn't we didn't go, oh, it's going to be this massive business. We're going to make all this money. It was there's an opportunity to provide value here. It was a very low uh, low entry or barrier to entry as far as it didn't cost a lot of money to start the, the podcast. Right. And we believed we had enough really good value and information that we would surpass anybody else in the space. And then we believed if we could prove that, that there was an opportunity to build a legitimate business off of it. So that was kind of the business plan was go out, prove that you have something really good to provide to people for free. And if it is that good, we'll attract a lot of people to listen to us. Then we'll figure out how to monetize, what we're going to build, what it's going to look like later on. And so we just started putting content out and we were terrible. We really were at the very beginning um, we were nervous. None of us had had media experience before. We used to have to drink or smoke weed before to kind of relax ourselves because you we know, were just- for the, my first five shows, I had to take a shot of tequila. Yeah, we did. And so, yeah. and, 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 and I, I don't think I, back then, I don't think I admitted that I was nervous because I'm the type of person who will get up on a stage and talk to a lot of people. And I don't, um, I, I like to think that I'm brave and, and fearless about things. But when I look back and I go, you know what? We were nervous. We were nervous because this was new. We didn't know how people were going to receive it. So we would do that, right? And when I look back and I critique how we started and like, so why did it work if we were so terrible? Well, what we did well was we 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 connected. We were authentic. And we did always give value. Like every time you listen to an episode, you may not agree with some of the things we said, or we might have been a little raunchy for you for you know back then, the way we talked and stuff like that. But I guarantee if you listen to the entire episode, you would have walked away with learning something, learning something hopefully new and valuable that you could then apply to your life related to your health and fitness journey. And that was kind of the secret sauce was, can we entertain 
while also providing something that these people can go and apply to their life and better themselves. And even early on, that secret sauce was built into the formula of the podcast. And then over years and thousands of episodes now, we've refined that messaging and we've got better. And now, and, and I think that that's why the show has continued to grow. And it's it's been slow growth. Like a lot of people, they find us in the last couple of years and they're like, oh my God, you guys came out of nowhere. It's like, well, not really. We've been doing this for eight years and it's been this kind of slow compounding growth year over year and improving and reiterating and improving and reiterating and then getting to the place where now I, now most people that have been in fitness, if you're in fitness and you listen to podcasts, the likelihood that you've not heard of us is unlikely. It's more likely that you've probably heard the show now, but I've just, I just mentioned it to somebody who's been in fitness for as long as I was a guy. And I, I told him that you were going to be on the show. I go, you know, the guys at Monpun, you've listened to that podcast. He goes, Oh yeah, yeah. They're great. Um, so it's most people over 55 don't listen to podcasts. So most of my clients are between 35 and 65. And as I just mentioned before we got on the air, like I just sold my studio. So I'm retired from training clients one-on-one because as much as it's wonderful to teach, cause I am similar to you. I love to teach. I love to educate because with that education comes empowerment and then they teach it to their children and they teach it to their friends or their parents or whomever else is in need of it. And so again, going back to listening to your show and being so excited about the information that you were sharing, I shared it with my clients. I'm like, okay, guys. And I just train women at this point. These men are talking about the same stuff I've been telling you. Not that they didn't believe me, but it was just, listen, this isn't, I'm I'm not about trends. I'm not about, you know, let's try this diet and let's try that diet. And I know you guys have talked about that and we're going to get into the the nutrition part because that's so huge that people don't want to deal with, but you're just busting all the myths and you're doing it with personality and you're doing it with rawness. So you are being everything I said at the beginning of the show, you're educating, you're empowering, you're entertaining, and you're inspiring. So thank you very much for getting that show out to people who will listen. And, you know, a lot of people over 55 need to listen to these podcasts. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, to address your, uh, you know, challenge, right. Or that you've been saying this for a long time and it's, it's hard to be a prophet in your own town. So, I mean, even imagine each of us struggle with our own family members, right? Here we are, largest health and fitness podcast in the world, and I can't get some of my family members to listen to my advice, or they don't even ask it. They're like, yeah, you're you're just talking about health again. That's just what he does, right? So it does it does help to have some other authority, even if it, you know, no matter how much you've been saying it before. I mean, it's still that way. You know, it's still that way for me, even though we've been doing this for as long as we have and as big as we are. So it's it's funny how that is. And and what I also notice with having the podcast uh, to that point, you know, I used to get asked, like, how do you guys keep coming up with content? It's like, well, we actually say the same thing over just a, a hundred different ways. And, and which, by the way, is very similar to how we would have a conversation with our clients. Like how many, how many times have you talked to your clients, uh, you know, about the importance of healthy fats in their diet? And you've probably communicated that a thousand different ways to a thousand different people. Right. And we'll so just podcast- put a little bit of olive oil. We'll have a fish right. oil pill. We'll do this. We'll do that. And oh, right. I had salmon. Was it wild or was it, was it, you know, like 
gross and swimming in a pool. No, don't <laughs> eat. Don't eat that salmon. Don't eat that salmon. Well, it's too expensive. OK, well, then have olive oil. OK, you know, it's just it's you try. And one thing I, I recently heard you say was that when you had when you were training clients that what was the thing um you're talking about universally what you can tell a client like if it's just a thousand people in a room what could be their takeaway how could they change the way they feel in their body and that's what happened to me when i made global headlines with sports illustrated i had all these women globally coming out of the woodwork going but how do you look the way you look and i said well first of all there's genetics second of all i've worked my freaking ass off for the past 40 years and thirdly, I eat really healthy. And they're like, oh, the food. Yeah, <laughs> the food. So I do the same thing that you were talking about doing is that you say, I don't tell them to do anything. Yeah. I tell them to just write things down. Write what you did. Write what you ate. Write what you did. You Did you walk? Did you get up? Did you go running with your dog? Like, just tell me. And because not every single one of our clients there is the same. They're all different. And that's the importance of a great personal trainer is not somebody who just sits there and go squat. We all know who those people are. It's we have to get into their heads. And I think going back to your story of adversity growing up, I think, in my opinion, that gave you so much empathy and made you vulnerable so people can feel what maybe you went through and how hard you've worked to stay disciplined and on point to what you do. Yeah, you're you're actually touching on something that I also think is is part of um, the formula of what what made the show really good is that you have three of these kind of macho looking dudes. Except that, Justin, uh, yeah, right? <laughs> no, he is. He is. He just his voice doesn't match his body. Right, his, right. His whole demeanor. Sorry, but Justin, you're cute. We have this kind of, and by the way, this has served us very well in business when we go to in meetings or people meet us for the first time. I think we can be very unassuming. We either, we get, we get kind of pigeonholed as kind of the meathead type of guys. And then you see this, uh, you know, not intelligent, vulnerable, uh, sensitive side to us that I think that people don't expect is coming. And that's really from all the years of training clients and and quickly realizing that Everybody who hires you, uh, whether you think so or not, is they're they're already in this insecure place about their own body, and you're light years ahead of where they're at. And they it's it's really tough for them to open up and share and be vulnerable with you, especially if you're not if you're got this shield on yourself about oh, I'm so big and strong and I'm this and I'm that. And so we learned as trainers uh, the hard way by you know by Hold turning back. clients off. Yeah, is to is to allow them in on our vulnerability and let them see that, listen, I know what motivated me to get the gym. I was an insecure kid. I, I wanted to look a certain way. And that's what drove me into the gym. It is also what drove me to bad behaviors. And so if you can connect with a client and, and, and let them know that you, even though, even though I have a client who's let's say over hundred pounds and mine was being the skinny kid, it doesn't mean that we don't struggle with insecurity and with bad behaviors in our life. We both can connect on that level. And I think that's what initially people think they think, Oh, I'm hundred pounds overweight. This was a skinny kid. How could he ever understand what I'm going through? It's like, well, you're right. I don't understand what it's like to be hundred pounds overweight, but what I do understand is to how to feel very insecure about my body and allow those insecurities to drive my behaviors around nutrition and around exercise. And that is very key to your success is becoming aware of that and then knowing how to navigate through that. And so us coming 
coming forth and doing and it's we knew this too so when we when we listened to the podcast and we met a lot of the people in the space and this goes for instagram famous people youtube famous people like people that get a lot of fame and because they had incredible bodies or they wrote these articles or they were on magazines or whatever and many times when you get to meet these people they are massively insecure and they still have not have not dropped that shield they 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 go from the like they they preach the pure motivation angle and hype and that's what they try and do to inspire people right but what they don't realize is that they're not connecting with those people and then they, they're they're actually never allowing those people really in and truly helping them because they're not willing to be vulnerable themselves and share their insecurities and we saw that as an opportunity when we podcasted is, oh, wow, nobody is doing this. If we lead with that foot, if we allow people in to see our struggles, to see even all the years we've been doing this, the mess ups that we do, we, we don't do the, I still have a hard time with this. I still have a hard time. If we lead with that, I think we will attract more of the average people. Now, what we didn't attract early on, and we still don't have a huge following this, are there super, super fanatical fitness people? In fact, if there's ever a, a funny critique I hear about us, it's like some people go like, Oh yeah. Oh, those mind pump guys. Yeah. I've heard of them, but they're, you know, they're for beginners, you know, they're for beginners, right? I've heard <laughs> you guys talk about that on your show. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. yeah. Cause you're breaking everything down. They, yeah. They think they're too uppity for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're just not, they're not there on their journey yet. They they're still not. have, they're still not at a place where they're reflecting and looking inside and asking themselves, Oh, what drove me to be so obsessive about the way I look, what drove me to look this way. And they haven't, they haven't, uh, a, uh, explored that in their life yet. So they hear us and they're like, oh, these guys are just for beginners or for people that are way overweight. Well, that's not true. Well, you're also older, like you're in your mid thirties. Are all of you around the same age in your mid thirties? So, well, no, we're all in our forties and Doug's in his fifties. So we're, I'm the youngest at 41. Oh, okay. And then, and then Justin's 43, Sal's 44, Doug's 57, Doug's 57. Wow. Okay. So yeah. I thought you were yeah. all in, I thought you were all in your thirties, but wait, you were, you're, a I mean, we were, when we started, when we started the, right, right. That's no, what it was. I'm a, I'm a Scorpio. I'm a Scorpio. Well, something's wrong think, in your bio. I read that somewhere. When's well, you might, you know what, if you Google me, if I you did. like Google my name, yeah. If you Google my name, there's a lot of like, there's my, my they have my, but my net worth is off on there. My, my birth date's off on there. there there's some random shit that people have put. All right. Well, I like Scorpios true. too, but I also, I'm married to a Taurus. So I like Taurus too. Um, I'm a Capricorn. So it, in talking about the clients and getting inside their heads and knowing that that could be your special sauce that you're bringing to a podcast that nobody else had the balls to do. Because if you're talking about fitness and you're a dude, there should be no sensitivity there. But, right? Mm -hmm. But you talk about your children. You talk about your lives. You talk about how everything relates, who you were when you were competing, um, how you've changed. You know, Sal talks about his journey and, you know, bad nutrition and, you know, he was skinny and trying to get big and all of these stories. And, you know, from a fitness competitor of 10 years, who's going to go back on stage in the spring, you know, so many girls developed body dysmorphia and gained a tremendous amount of weight or lost. And, and it was just horrible. I was very lucky that I was older, even though I was the oldest competitor my coach ever had. I didn't have to deal with any of that because I had the awareness, but that is that competitive arena is a tough place. And you were in there. You're an IFBB pro. IFF. Yeah. In fact, that was an interesting journey for me. Something I didn't tell you when we first started um, about the, the, the building of mind pump. 
Uh-huh. The, the motivation of me competing was solely to to do that, right? So I like I I never had this. I never once. In fact, Sal was more into like the bodybuilding space than I ever was. I right. didn't I didn't follow bodybuilders. I really wasn't into it. And but men's physique came along um, just a few years before I decided to do it. And I thought, oh, that's a that I I'm I have more of a long, lean, athletic swimmers type of body. I'm definitely a basketball player at like, so I don't have the ideal so bodybuilding. Yes, I'm six three, and I have very very small bone structure, and so I was not built to be a, a like a pro bodybuilder. But when men's physique came out, I remember seeing that category going like, oh, okay, well, I, I could I could build a, a you know swimsuit physique. I don't have a I'm not going to be jacked, but I can right. do a swimsuit. So I saw that. And then it was at the same time that I was making a transition career change back into fitness because I left fit, fitness for about three years. And when I was coming back to fitness, I thought, okay, this is right at the height of social media. The men's physique things out coming out right now. I looked at YouTube was blowing up at that time. Instagram had just started and starting to blow up. And I go, okay, I know I'm going to get garner the attention through social media. How am I going to do that? Okay. Well, at that time I actually had fallen out of shape. So that I'm going to do like a, a, a transformation journey and I'll document it on YouTube and on Instagram and I'll share my journey. And I'll and while I'm doing that, I'll educate, right? So that's how I was going to start building. So this is before, this is pre-podcast. This is even pre all of us getting together. I had this idea of building an e-commerce business uh, around fitness. And the, again, the, that time the, the idea was garner enough attention from, you know, doing a transformation, get a, get a social media platform large enough. And then from there, I will figure out how I'm going to do the business. So I started doing that. I got a lot of traction. I w- people watching me transform my body because I was very, I was very authentic. I wasn't using great lighting. I wasn't getting pumped up. I was like, "Here's me in the morning. This is what I look like." Yeah, I look like hell, and this is me after a workout, right? right. And this is right. yeah, this so is I, I, all the food I have to eat. Yes. So I share. I shared that process. Uh, I, I think I gained like close to like ten thousand followers on Instagram, and I thought, "Wow, this was really successful." I got. I went from. Uh, 20% body fat down to 7% body fat. At that time, even as a trainer for all the years I've been, I'd actually never been sub 7%. That was the lowest I'd ever been. So that was a goal. Goal from I was from the worst shape of my life. I'm going to take myself to the best shape of my life. I'm going to document the journey, share my knowledge with, with the audience and see what happens. So that happened and I got all this traction. And then at that point, I thought, okay, well, maybe I'll take it to the next level. Maybe I'll show these people that I'll go compete doing a sport I know nothing about. I'm going to do it with no coach, no team. And I'm going to go enter this space and see if I can win, see if I can do it. And it did. It gained even more attention. And I did it. And I actually enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, eventually won and went all the way to where I ended up going pro. But the, the big takeaway that I had, and I remember that was when we were just starting the podcast as I was starting to finish competing, because the goal was to use that to get enough attention to build a business. At one point, the podcast started to grow and it actually outgrew my personal kind of social media. And that was actually, I actually, I did, had a different Instagram name. I switched my Instagram name. It was now Mind Pump Adam. I had stopped the competing and now I was going, uh, going this direction. But while I was in, while I was in the competitive environment that I was so unfamiliar with, the thing I was most fascinated with, and I used to share on the show all the time was all the eating disorders nice. and all the, like in all the insecurities. I, you know, I really truly thought going into it, even with my experience, because I didn't have experience in this space, I thought when I got to competing, I thought, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to meet some of the smartest minds when it comes to nutrition. I'm going to meet some of the smartest minds when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, program design. I'm going to meet some of the, like, like these really strong people. And when I got there, I met some really, you know, physically strong people and like amazing bodies, 
but a lot of very insecure people and very broken people and people that were actually running from a lot of problems that were dieting terribly, had all yes. these eating disorders. And I thought, whoa, in the space that those we are the people, Those are the people that you see with the really bad spray tan just because their hormones are so unbalanced. You saw, especially with women who had the green their tans became green. I don't, and I, I think it happened to some men too, because your hormones get really screwed up when you bring your body fat down that low. So I don't talk about it on the show because um, it's not, a, it's kind of a moot point, but I actually built a side business while I was competing unintentionally on literally helping women's bikini athletes, just because as I was backstage all the time, I'd be standing next to this girl and she'd be telling me what her coach was having her eat. And I was going, are you fucking kidding me? Right. He's telling you what? And you're doing how much cardio? And are you, you're going to crush your hormones. Like, what are you doing? Like, and so I'd start just helping people for free. I'd be telling people, like, no, you know what? When you're done with this show, hit me up. I'll help you with this. And but it started to get around and people started to find out, like, go see this guy, Adam. Like if you, if you had a coach, fuck your hormones up go see this guy. He'll help you reverse diet. He'll do these things. And so I started to build this name for myself uh, for coaching women's bikini uh, athletes. And I took some men's physique, but it wasn't intentional. I wasn't trying to build a business around it. It was that I was getting asked by so many people that who's this guy who has no coach, no team, and he's moving up the ranks and competing and he's, he's critiquing everybody's diets. Like, what are you guys doing? Well, because he knows, because you knew what you were talking about, because you knew you were doing it in a healthy way. You knew that you were going to come out of the competitions, like, you know, very, very um, slowly. You weren't going to go start eating pizzas and not work out ever again. You know, it's, it's a whole, again, that's what I love the name about your show, Mind Pump, because so many people are finally understanding that it's a mind body connection that you can't get your butt to the gym or to a workout. If you're not mindfully there, your mind is going to control your body. And if your mind isn't there, your body's never getting to your, your trainer. It's never getting to the gym and you're never going to be in that mind space. I, I had somebody on my show the other day talking about his workout is his meditation. Now for me, it's a lot of things. It, it is some form of meditation, but I, I just, I just feel so good about myself mentally and physically. And I went through a divorce at your age of 41. And if I had not, that's when I realized how important the training, the, the, I like to lift weights. I don't like, I hate cardio. So we're going to talk about cardio too. I, I hate cardio. So every, but it was the, the lifting of the weights the nutrition that made me realize, wow, I'm super disciplined. I'm keeping this, this promise to myself and that's giving me more confidence yeah. and yeah. going back to the hormone things. It's so important because there are so many bad trainers out there and coaches out there. I also coached women in competitions after I was done competing. I never had a girl who turned green. I never had a girl that, you know, looked emaciated. I was always that girl, you know, how you had, you see those people and then we'll go on to something else where they're like, Hey, you know, uh, Adam. Yeah. I, well, you didn't have a coach. So you're looking at yourself and go, yeah, I think I need to eat a burger the night before the show. For me, it was always like, uh, yeah, uh, let's just stick to like two ounces of cod and, uh, four ounces of green beans, uh, asparagus. <laughs> and so, you know, I was like, I can't have a burger. They're like, uh, no. <laughs> just because, you know, I, I was just that girl. That's not who I am. I'm a mesomorph. I'm not an ectomorph. I wasn't, I wanted to be one. So it's, um, 
so do you still help people with that? Well, no, I mean, I haven't, I haven't coached one-on-one um, in a, in a long time now. Uh, I mean, the, the closest thing to coaching one-on-one or helping people is when we take our live callers. Cause then right. uh, I love we, that. Yeah. And we do get bikini athletes or we get somebody with horm- like hormones that are off and like asking questions. And so, but I haven't been able to coach one-on-one in a really long time. It, it was about year two of mind pump when it really started to, to take off as far as getting really busy and like having us uh, working. And there's a lot of things that we do behind the scenes that people have no idea. I mean, there's, like I said, I told you before we started that there's three companies that, that we have that we run and it's, what are they? So there's maps, fitness products, which is the e-commerce side, which is the programs that we sell, which is what your programs are amazing. Please explain them, please. They're fantastic. So really what, again, and we saw this, uh, an opportunity to write programs for the general population. And we have advanced ones too, for people that are like, you know, hardcore, but there, again, we saw the programming that a lot of the trainers that were putting out there were just, it remind me of what, how I used to train, how I used to train clients when I was 22, when I didn't know it was like, I used to write programs that were creative or that were hard or entertaining, not writing really good science-based programs that were effective and would show my clients the most results. I just, at that point in my career, I was still young and immature and didn't understand uh, the importance of program design. I didn't look at it the same way that I, I looked at it later in my career. And so when we looked at the landscape, as far as what was being presented out there. And I'll, and I'll pick on one company that's really popular that wh- why I knew, and like when people ask, how'd you know, or did you know it was going to be this big or you had this much opportunity? I said, absolutely. I knew we we're going to be bigger than what we are now. Now, how did I know that? Well, I knew that because Beachbody is a $4 billion company and Beachbody, 2 billion of that is sold, is is made from, and 2 billion is from their affiliate, 2 billion of that is from, and their supplements and all those things. 2 billion of that is literally from selling digital programs online. And when you look at their digital program, that was back in like 2005, because I was doing the workout with Sean T. Uh, yep. So, and what, so, and what, and I'll tell you what Beachbody did really well. Uh, Beachbody did an incredible job at marketing. They understood uh, how people buy and they knew that we're not going to waste our time on educating and science and all that shit. We're just going to entertain you. Yeah. We're going to entertain you. We are going to get people that are extremely motivational. We're going to get people that look good. We're going to get certain people that, uh, uh, that are attracted to certain things that will get, that will attract other people that are into that. So you have like your, you know, hip hop cowboy and just random weird, sh- like you have, so they, they were smart on how they marketed. They were absolutely brilliant on how they did that, where there was holes in their business was the program design was shit. It was absolutely shit. And then, and, and, and yet they were unbelievably successful and made billions of dollars. So we knew, okay, if we can come in and we can educate and we can inform and we can give value for free to enough people that we can garner thousands or maybe millions of people paying attention to us, then there is an opportunity for us to sell programming that we know for sure is superior than the the, the leader of program sales online. And I don't need to put them out of business. I just need to carve off a small portion of their business that were of people that want to learn and that want to and want to do things the right way. And, and then we have a real business because, you know what, at the end of the day, people are not dumb. Right. They're not dumb. They um, might buy something, then regret it. But then they're going to they're going to learn from that experience. And they they know um, a lack of authenticity immediately. They know when someone's full of full of crap and is not speaking the truth. And again, that's why I love your show. 
And that's what helps sell these amazing programs too, because you've right. got them for all levels. Yeah. Yep. And that was, so that's the, that was what, um, and we didn't do that until one year in. So for one year we made $0. We didn't, we didn't try and make any money. The goal again was just, just prove that we had, we're out of value. And the, the story of how did we decide we were going to turn on the monetization was this. We had Maps Anabolic ready to sell on day one. Sal had created that before we'd even started the business. So we actually had something to monetize and chose not to. Why'd you do that? Well, the goal again was, can we can we prove that we have this much value that people will come in and listen to us for free and we'll know. And we just all agree that we'll, we'll know when we're, we're getting enough attention and enough people are asking us, then we will then we will provide this program. And I'll never forget the day we came home from the studio or it or came into the studio that day. And we had already been kind of talking the last couple of months of like, man, is it time? Is it time to start selling something like, or do we keep going? Do we keep going? Do we keep providing more free stuff? And we had all had gotten either emails or private messages from people that were actually just trying to give us money. And the, 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 they sounded like this. You have, you have helped my life so much in the last year and oh my God, I feel like I owe you so much and I, I don't see you guys sell anything. Can I send you a, a, you know, a Venmo? Can I do this for you? What can I buy from you? Have you ever wow. thought of starting a Patreon so we can give you money? We are getting these messages daily of people just wanting to give us, to contribute to this cause, this thing that we were doing. And we, that was when we go, okay, if people are just wanting to give us money and we're not asking for any, or we're not giving them anything in return, man, if we give it, if we write a really good program and we, that we deliver a really good program to these people, they're going to be super happy. And so that was the day that we turned on the monetization. We sold maps anabolic and it didn't go crazy. We didn't make millions of dollars overnight. It was, you know, we sold, I don't know, maybe a hundred and something copies of that at like what, at like $115. So do the math, you know, split right. four ways is barely enough to pay for the rent. So, you know, we, 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 we weren't rolling in it, but we did have an audience and we did get, and of course we had great feedback. People went through the program, went, oh my God, this is amazing. It's, and so it was just, they, the programs were starting to slowly, slowly build, but that is what grew the initial business that, that provided the money for us to, to right, staff. So you, have, up. so you have the, so you have the podcast, you knew that it was going to grab traction. It did. People yeah. are begging you for information. You come up with maps and you keep adding more and more and more things to it. That's right. That's what's right. The, what's the other part of the business? Is it so, so no. So then we have the, the actual advertising arm. So we have partnerships with over 20, 20 something companies now. Uh, that pay for advertising on the show. We call them partners because 10 of those 20 something we have ownership of. So we are actually, um, we, inv we invest, we're angel investors. So when we see a company in our space uh, that we really like uh, a product and they're in their early years, that's what we tend to target. Somebody who's up and coming and we love this product or whatever it is, uh, we'll look to invest our own money uh, and then also work trade in commercials for them. And so that arm, you know, make several million dollars a year just for advertising. And then we also have ownership of all those companies. And the third and final one is our investment arm, which is all stocks and real estate. And then of course you could count the angel investing portion in that, even though that's separate from the advertising. Did you arm. ever think that all of this was going to happen when you like started this idea? So what's crazy is yes, 100%. Yes, Cause you're 100%. a great manifester. I'm the same way. Like you could just see it. Like you just know. Yeah. I, I, you, it, you know, it's the, uh, we got one of the early episodes, we had a, a therapist come on and she basically did a, uh, a, a test on all of us. Uh, a woohoo woo thing. 
No, no, not woohoo. Like like a real uh, psychologist who actually okay. like tested our levels of narcissism and all these things like that. And all of us came back with very high levels of narcissism. And we're like, oh my God, it's embarrassing, right? That we're all these <laughs> narcissistic guys. And she goes, no, 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 listen. She goes, uh, you need a little bit of narcissism. That's right. She goes, she goes, there is, there is, there's different types of narcissism and you guys scored very high on the good narcissism. You it's healthy. You, in order for you to be very, very successful in life, you have to be a little crazy and believe that you're capable of doing that since 80 plus percent of people fail at doing those things. And for some reason you think you're special, that you're not going to fail. It requires a little bit of level of narcissism. So we all score very high in that. We all, before we even made a dollar, said, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do this. And it's going to be this big. And, and we have, and honestly, we're not there uh, as, as, as successful as everybody's become and what it's done already. Uh, we still haven't reached what we had all talked about and we're not done with the other business ideas and stuff that we have. So we kind of had that vision early on, but we never allowed that to steer uh, the direction of the content, the show and the the main core values, right. Of like providing the value yes. and, and, and continuing to do that. And we revisit that all the time. I just had my quarterly meeting with my team and uh, even myself being the CEO, I'm very, I can get guilty of like finding all these different ways to, to generate more revenue and hire this. So we need to do all that. And then re reminding myself what, what built this thing to be this big was us always being infatuated with the customer and, and providing something so amazing for them. And just because everybody seems to be happy doesn't mean we should ever stop that formula. And what is it we can provide right now? What else can we do in this business for all of our customers to enhance their experience or build even more value in the things that they are already paying for us. So that is a constant conversation. It is a big part of why it, it did as well as it did, but absolutely all of us guys were so crazy to believe that it was going to be every bit. Well, that. well, you're talking about this. I have two questions. Um, how did you all meet? And I applaud you on the, um, on the way you all get along the, um, why can't I think of the word, the, the vibe that you all have together like you yeah, we're compatible yes the yeah. compatibility and i know that you each have sort of your own area of special specialty but i feel like you're always at the helm the two other guys might talk a lot more at times justin and sal but mm -hmm. then i feel like you're always pulling it together mm -hmm. um to like just tie it up and make the point, even though they're making their great points as well. Yeah. And so how did you, how did you all meet? So uh, interesting, the four of us before the show started, uh, didn't know all of each other. So what I mean by that is I actually hired Justin at a college uh, fifth, over 15 years ago. Okay. Um, he was fresh out of college, just got his kinesiology degree. I was managing gyms back then. I was running fitness departments, trainers, and uh, I hired him. You were doing the sales, right? That was Sal. Sal that was Sal. Sal. Okay. I was running the fitness team. Okay. So I, and um, so I hired Justin, and Justin was my first. He quickly uh, moved up the ranks and was my assistant uh, relatively quick after uh, after getting hired. And he was the first assistant that I had ever had in my career that. Um, we were so different, but worked so well together. And it was a, it was a big growth moment for me in leadership of learning that I don't necessarily want another me. I need a guy or girl who is very different than me and actually where my weaknesses are, they're strong. And that together we make a better team. The yin yang. Yeah. Because early in my career, 
I was, I was always pursuing people who were like me. I was like, I, if I just had one more me, we would kill this place, you know, one more right. me. Right. <laughs> so that was my attitude. And, and it served me a little bit because I would find someone like that and I would do all right. But I found I was far more successful when I, when I met someone or found someone like a Justin who was really, we were opposites. We really were. We, we had some commonalities and things we, we were into, but we were very different the way we operated, the way we communicated. And so that's what attracted me to him. And we actually, he worked for me for many years. Uh, he went on to go do his own thing and we went different directions in business, but we always remained friends and we always would stay in touch with each other. And he was always hitting me up. Uh, he knew I was a serial entrepreneur and he was off venturing, doing things by himself. And he'd hit me up like, Hey, come on, let's do this thing together. Let's do this thing. And I'm, ah, I got this, I got this, I got that. And so I was always so busy. Right. And eventually came a time where I was making a pivot in my, in my journey from what I was doing. I was doing, I did medical marijuana for three years. So I helped start up the first clubs in the Bay area and uh, uh, it was a total money grab for me. I saw the opportunity financially and quickly fell out of love. I just did not like the space, uh, even though I had tremendous financial success in it. I did not enjoy doing it. And then I came back to fitness. When I came back to fitness, I actually reached out to Justin and said, hey, what are you working on? What are you doing? He says, I'm building this app. I would love to partner up with you. Let's do something. Now, at that time, this is actually when I turn on Instagram, when I turn, and the, the idea was... He had this app he was building, and this might have been one of the ways that we were going to monetize my social media following if mm -hmm. I if I grew that. So we were talking and we were doing stuff together. Nothing, no, no money, no real formal business, but we were we were we were marinating on some ideas. Sal uh, is a, is training Doug. Doug is a client of Sal, and Doug oh. would, would always be telling Sal like he used to tell Sal that oh you remind me of Tony Robbins and you know have you ever thought about getting into the internet business side of things and and Sal's like you know I've thought about it but nah he had, he had owned his own Sal was owning had owned his own gym and own studio right. like you at that and he had this facility that was successful and doing well Doug was a client and he was always telling Doug that uh, telling Sal that and you know, the economy was starting to change. Sal also saw what was happening in the social media world and things were going digital. And so he kind of looked at Doug and he's like, yeah, you know, we should consider doing something like that. Let's, let's create a digital program. So they began building maps anabolic before they ever met Justin and I, and they were writing this program. Now, ironically, Sal and I worked for the same company, but never formally met each other because the 24 hour fitness is huge of over 5,000 employees, right. but we knew of each other because we both were in the top percentile as far as performers. Mm -hmm. So we saw each other's names on like trophies and rankings and things like that all the time. And wow. we, had mutual, we had mutual friends that would always say, have you met Sal? And I'd be like, no, I haven't, but I've heard about him. They're like, you got to meet him. You guys would just, you guys would get along. I heard that for years before I ever met Sal. And he heard the same thing that you got to meet Adam. You guys will just hit it off. And so when him and Doug finished writing the program, he reached out to me on Facebook because we were connected to mutual friends and said, you know what? I've heard all these positive things about his business mind and stuff like that. I'm going to see what he thinks about this program that I wrote with Doug and hear what he has to say. And so he sent it over to me. I was so impressed with it when I saw it that I said, you got to call me. So he calls me and I said, let's get together. I said, I want to bring my friend, Justin, uh, who I'm doing something with right now, nothing serious, but he's, I think he'll be interested in this conversation and let's the four of us just get together. And so we all got together in a room and it was literally a mind pump episode. The very first time it was wow. just like you here. And, and the flow of the conversation was like that. No one had to say like, okay, you're going to lead the conversation. You're going to be this guy. You're going to be that guy. It was just it three was guys. Flow. It was a flow. Yeah, just, just this beautiful flow 
of conversation and uh, mixed with uh, just confidence and ego, but also humility. And like, it was just this really cool dynamic. In fact, my, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, was in the was in the kitchen and she was so enthralled by the conversation that she hit record on the iPad so she would so she could record all of it and then when, we, when everybody left the house she goes oh my god that was such an interesting conversation to listen to and I was like really and she's like oh my god yeah that was so good and I'm like well we're talking about putting it on a podcast so let's see what happens and so the next weekend after that we all got together barely knowing each other and said, let's put this thing out there. There was no expectations. That was great. There was no, everybody had had other things going financially. So we didn't need this thing to make Right. Money. So there wasn't really any fear going there. You were just going to get on there. You were going to shoot the breeze. You were going to educate, not just shoot the breeze, but educate people. You're just yeah. going to educate them. Tell them what you know. Yes. And, and, we, and- knew, we knew we had to somewhat, we, we, we always used to say, uh, entertain and educate, right? So we, we knew that, and you know this, if you have a client, I mean, how many times is it, have you had to be this? This is what makes good trainers that are like really successful is you have to be kind of a chameleon. I mean, how many times have I trained a client who their, their politics don't align with me or their, their, their spirituality doesn't align with me or just, yeah, you different. got, you got 10 or 15 people coming in and every single person is different. Right. And I got to turn it on. I got to turn it on. And, and people I, don't understand how tiring that is because awesome. not only is it a physical job, it is a mental job. And people are like, ah, trainers, ah, trainers. Well, the really good ones get in your head and they're like a therapist. That's right. If you're really good, you you learn to connect with all these different types of people. And so, and I don't, I mean, and a lot of this, me having this conversation with you is like, this is years of interviewing now and like unpacking this. Like, it's like, I don't realize this as it's happening. I don't realize I'm trained. I'm getting trained right now to be an effective communicator to all types of people. And right. so all three of us got that training. We got this training on how to entertain your client, but then also educate them to, because to, you're, you're trying to convince them to, to change their life. And in order to do that, you got to get them to change behaviors. That's really hard to do. And back to your point about like, you get to be like a therapist and you got to do that with people you like and you don't like. And so it makes you into a really effective communicator over years and years of practicing. And we knew that if we could bring those skills into a conversation that people can kind of feel like a fly on the wall, that there's going to be a percentage that find this is really valuable. I like this show. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly how I felt. And I, and honestly, again, when I started hearing three, three, sometimes Doug talking, coming into the show, I thought, I wonder if they have a lot of female listeners. And then I heard a bunch of your call-ins and 50% of them were women. And I thought, cool, these guys are really doing a great job. And I love the advice. And you don't, for everybody listening, I just want to let you know, these guys go over and above. So when you get a listener in, you don't cut them off after like two minutes because I've heard some women and go on and on and on and on and on about they're just repeating. And I'm not saying this against women because I'm a woman and I love women and men and humans. Um, but you guys are so patient with answering all the questions. And I thought this show isn't about you, but you so I again applaud you on that part in giving going above and beyond and really, really caring. That was the other thing that I really liked about the show. You know what has helped with that 
it's funny you bring that up. We actually had a guy who did that today. We're like, oh my God, he guy, I did not need to know half of that. Right. <laughs> like when he went to the bathroom. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So people, you know. we, 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 we try our best to be patient. We're also, by the way, that's an interesting thing you bring up because we are trying to uh, also, we, we get a lot of complaints about that on YouTube because people want to get to the question. Right. So we're trying to be, how do you, how do you dance there? Right. How do I, how do I make sure that we're not rude to our people? And, and that like what well, the experience that you had was, oh, wow, that's super kind of these guys. So I don't know. I don't want to come off rude and cut them off. But then I also have an audience that we're growing online. That's like, get to the point. I want to well, hear. Right. Well, right. So as I'm thinking, you're being kind, I'm thinking, all right, enough. All right, Adam, you answered the question. Like, honey, move on. Let's go. Let's <laughs> They've got other people calling in. And yeah. it's just, it's hard to wrap that up. You know, it's, it's very, we, very hard, we, but you do it. You do a very, very good job. When we do, so we do these things. Uh, in fact, we have one in December. It's the first one in years that we've done since pre COVID uh, these live events. Uh, and that is one of our favorite things. They're not very profitable for us. In fact, we've lost more money on doing them than we've made on them. Um, but they're incredibly rewarding yeah. because we get a chance to actually meet these people. Like our whole career was like hands-on meeting people all the time and helping right. them. So you got, I got that feedback. If I, if I got my client to lose 20 pounds and she'd come in and hug me, like Give I remember, a hug, right. Yeah. I remember that. Like now that we're in this, you know, internet world and, and we don't, and we, yet we have all these people who are supposedly changing their lives, but we don't get to feel that really in person anymore unless we do these live events. And when we do those live events, it always grounds us. And I think that we've all, we all agree that no matter how unprofitable these things are and time consuming and stressful, it can be sometimes to put them on you see the heart connection. Oh, it does. It, it, it always reminds us, Oh, this is, this is why we do this. This is why we love it. And I think that's so important that we, we always continue. And also probably what maybe some like really uh, famous social media people that never connect like that, why they, they have a hard time because they don't emotionally connect in person, I would think that would cause some sort of social awkwardness that you probably pick up on when you're listening to them or paying attention to them, but because they haven't learned to really. Well, there are certain kind of guests that I've had in certain types of the business, different types of businesses where they, they don't connect with the audience. They don't connect with me. And so it's not that a disconnect which is why I usually have a pre-interview, but we didn't do one just because I knew we would connect. Um, and like, it was funny. I was just like getting ready for the show. And I thought I never did a pre-interview with Adam, but like, I feel like I know him. So <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. you like, I'm, I'm really like, I know where it's just going to vibe really, really well. So in all of these things that you're doing and as busy as you've been for these past, what, 10 years now. Yeah. So Tell me about you personally, like what do you do to every day to keep yourself mentally and physically healthy? Oh, I'm, that's a really good question. Um, and interesting how that has changed over years. Uh, I have a three-year-old son now and the beginning, so the first half of building this thing, I didn't. Um, and I was, I was dating Katrina at the time. Uh, but so I really didn't have this like crazy responsibility feeling. Um, and so it was kind of full throttle trying to build this and it, it's come full circle. Obviously the, 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 the business grew and uh, I now have a kid and settled down and now my, my thought process is different. And so, you know, my, my focus, when I think of like my, my health sphere of all the different things, everything from, you know, mental, spiritual, physical uh, relationship, my family, my personal like I, I, my money, all that stuff I think about as, as my entire 
health fear. And at different parts of my life, I'm I'm heavier in one than the other. Mm. Uh, like obviously when I was competing, I was unbelievably hardcore gym, hardcore food. Like that is like so much. And a lot of those other things kind of fell off uh, to the wayside a little bit. Um, and I'm in a place now where I would say my family and, you know, friends and business um, are like a, a, my top priorities to keep those really well. And so my workout and dieting stuff reflects that. Okay. Well, so what does that mean? Adam? Well, it means that my volume of training is really low in comparison to what I I'm used to doing. My, my calories are extremely low because of my output is, uh, is very low. I'm just um, so I'm, glad you said that. I'm just yeah. so glad you said that. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> so I've, I've modified the way I eat. I've modified right. the the way I currently train right now. I'm not weighing, the way, not- the way you eat has to do with your activity level. Everybody absolutely. just uh, please understand that. Oh, absolutely. And let me tell you somebody who has manipulated his body to some extreme levels. I mean, right. 240 pounds and 3% wow. fat on stage. I'm probably 220 ish right now and a higher 10 to 15% body fat right now. So I've definitely have taught and my metabolism is radically different in those two areas. Like, I mean, when I was, when I was the beginning of mind pump, I'm eating 5,000 plus calories every day, like just, and I can't put on an ounce of body fat. I'm lean and I'm eating right. just to maintain my size. I mean, I eat over 3000 calories today and I'll start to put body fat on because I'm, right. my training volume is so low. So, so yeah, so that's, so it looks more like that. So the things that, you know, I, we, I have a lot of non-negotiables with uh, not allowing work to bleed into my time with my son. And so, yeah, so I, I I think that I'm in a I'm in a different place today than I was just a few years ago, and definitely uh, where I was eight years ago. And I think being mindful of that, and and knowing that, like, does that mean like I'll never get down to three percent? No, I I imagine there'll come another time in my life where uh, maybe my son's a little bit older, and he maybe he's less likely. I mean, when he gets to teenagers, he doesn't want to hang out with me anymore because I'm sure that will happen, right? <laughs> no, and he's gonna love some, me. Right, I hope so. I hope so, right? I think yes. every parent wants that, but. You know, I'm sure there'll be time where I'll get competitive again and want to get after it. Whether I get on stage again, I don't know, but I I know that that will ebb and flow. And when I do that, the uh, I have to adjust the other levers. And I think that um, I think we see this a lot in life. There's a lot of what I think we talk about on the show and trying to communicate to people is we highlight people that are exceptional in in one area of everything. It's like the 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 outlier that is just radically disciplined with nutrition. I mean, they weigh, measure everything perfect. They have like this perfect physique because of that. And we want to celebrate this person, but in reality when you look at the rest of their health sphere, it's out of whack. You know, they they they're they're a terrible husband or wife, they're a terrible father or mother, you know, they're a terrible business partner or their their finances suck. They can't, they don't have any money because they're, con- they're constantly blowing money. Like who knows, right? They're rarely ever. Do they have this really nice, beautiful balance? Yeah. Beautiful balance. And so, and I don't, and I, by no means do I think that I have mastered this. I think part of my growth journey in health has been always trying to, to, to play with those levers a little bit. Okay. It looks, I'm, I'm, I'm a little out of balance here and let me pull back here, add a little more there. And I'm, I'm always, think, yeah, I think that's a great point. The manipulation the of of who you are and the evolution and the changing and we have to welcome those changes into our life and say yeah i'm not i'm not competing right now so i'm not going to be 3 or 5% body fat right now my priority is my business not my children my son my wife my business those three things are up there as your priority 
and you're still going to eat healthy, but you're not going to be crazy about it. You're not going to be crazy putting yourself and feeling bad about not getting to the gym every single day and doing this hard ass workout. And once we're okay with that, accepting us for who we are, like this is where I am right now. I'm cool. I'm good. It's it's so crucial because otherwise it promotes the uh, on off relationship with exercise, right? It's either, and I, and I, and the way I know this and the way I communicate this is I came from that place. I remember, I know what it's like to be, I'm either all on, I'm like dialed on everything hardcore, or I'm like, ah, oh, fuck it. Eat whatever I want, not train, not do anything. It's like, it, it promotes that. So learning to balance that, you know, had this crazy uh, thing happen just recently. Uh, we, we just released a program called maps 15. It's the newest program that we just dropped and it has an advanced version and then a beginner version, which which is a 15 minute workout and a 30 minute workout. And I've actually, what inspired it was I have been training this way for the last three and a half months or so. And for the reasons that I was just telling you, I reduced my volume. I basically said to myself, I, I know that I don't, I know I don't look like I look like when I'm competing, but when I'm honest with myself, this is some of the best I feel. My sex drive is amazing right now. My sleep is good. My joints feel amazing. Like I'm mobile. I can get down with my son. Like I could probably use a little more cardio endurance. I admit that. But I definitely feel really, really good right now. And so, okay, if I was going to build a program for myself, this was before we we wrote Math 15, what would I do to literally spend the least amount of time exercising to kind of maintain a, at least a muscular physique that when you look at me, go like, oh, he works out. You know what I'm saying? 15 maybe, minutes. Yeah. it was. It's this 15-minute barbell type of workout. I do two exercises a day. Or if I'm busy with my son or some of that, I'll, I'll, I'll pair two days up and it becomes a 30-minute workout. And I've been running that for the last few months and it's been incredible and I feel so good. And it's amazing how little you have to train after you, when you've put the work in for so many years, like someone like yourself too, who has built a lot of muscle over so many years, you only need one seventh the volume to maintain what you build. So if we put that into day's perspective, let's say you're a hardcore seven day a week person training for five years and you built this physique. Well, whatever that volume that you do disperse over seven days, you literally only need to do one day's worth of that to maintain that physique. That's incredible. Right. It is. And it's very simple. And that, and you all talk about things like that on the show, that it's just you break it down. So it's so simple to understand that somebody walks away and says, oh, like these people who spend an hour on the treadmill. We didn't even get into the cardio. Why listen to the show, everybody, to listen to their their episode, lots of episodes about why you don't need to do a lot of cardio. I do 15 minutes of cardio like five times a week if I'm doing it only because I'm trying to get ready for the show and then it will get crazy. But but I, I tell my clients, you know, just do 15 minutes of cardio, like just do it consistently. Like don't, you don't need to be on there for an hour. You like an hour, like, no, even when I was competing, I didn't do it for an hour. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, it, you have, the competitors was what really blew my mind because again, this was an area where I thought, Oh, I would think they understand the science here. And they don't. Um, because one of the things when you know, and you know this, cause you've competed when you are, you work real hard in the off season to build this, build up this muscular physique, and then you carve down for the show. Right. When you carve down, your desired outcome is to maintain the muscle that you built over the off season. And so you have to understand that doing cardio in a calorie deficit is catabolic. Okay. It's going to break down and it doesn't just go to fat. It doesn't just pare down fat. 
it'll pare down muscle because it, you're sending a signal to the body to get good at running, to get efficient with calories, which is not right. muscle tissue. Right. So what it'll do is it'll say, Oh, she's doing an hour cardio every single day. I need to get better at endurance. Oh, this expensive, pro, this expensive muscle tissue is really expensive for our body to keep. And she's not feeding me. Get rid of that shit. Cause it's not, it's not, it's not helping us survive. So get rid of it. Right. And so it, they, they, they pare down all this muscle. They work so hard to build in the off season. It's like this vicious cycle. And it's like, what are you doing? So when you are trying to build an aesthetic physique, cause there's two different conversations here. There's cardio for health, which I always have to explain to people. I'm not an anti-cardio guy. Like if you right. like, you need it for your strong heart. Hundred percent. Yes. When when I'm talking to the uh you know body sculpting crowd, you know competitors or people that want to change the look of of their body, well, cardio can be like one of the worst things that we that we do, especially at the beginning. So it's not saying that you can't utilize it as a tool later on to help you lean out even more. But if you build your nutrition plan, you build your programming around one that has an hour or half hour of cardio every single day, well, then you better hope you're going to do that for the rest of your life to maintain whatever physique that you obtain, because that's what you're teaching your body that it needs to do in order to obtain the look that you want. Wouldn't you rather not do any cardio, sculpt a body through, through lifting weights that you want, and then you can use cardio as a tool to increase the caloric deficit to lean out really quick in a week. Okay. This is why I scream in my car when I listen to your podcast. Because you're just preaching the truth. Yeah. Like everything they're saying is just so truthful. And and to start working out at a younger age. So because that muscle you build from your 20s, from your late teens, it's going to stay with you forever. So when I have women over a certain age that come to me, usually post-menopause and say, well, I want to have muscles like you. I'm like, it ain't going to happen. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why. We could, we could, this is what we can do. And it's mostly diet, of course, which nobody wants to hear, but it's, I've been doing this for 40 years. Like I've worked really hard for these muscles and they're like in my body and I'm keeping them Yeah, and I know how to keep them. So, well, especially with, uh, you know, post-menopause, because when you start messing with hormones and, and hormone levels off, I mean, testosterone is a precursor to building muscle. And so if you have somebody with, an out of balance hormone profile, and you're trying to get them to build muscle later in life, really, really tough to do. And so yes. that becomes the first priority for me when I get a client like that is like, okay, let's make sure your hormones in balance first. Then to your point, I'm, you know, we're feeding the body properly. And then the third thing is that we're strength training to build muscle and we could absolutely build a muscle looking at somebody else's body and saying, can I look like that is a losing battle because genetically we're different. And so, and I explained that right. And there's the education. So I could talk to you forever, but we are at the end of the show. And I have one more question to ask you. Okay. What does it mean for you to be fearlessly authentic? Oh, I mean, I, I love that name. And it's a reason why radical honesty is a part of our core values. Um, so I learned early on in, in my life that uh, this, this, some of the toughest question or toughest conversations that I had to have uh, and that could be like you know, breaking up with somebody that could be telling uh, your parents something, how they, they make you feel or some or talking to or asking for help uh, when you feel insecure about something and inferior. What I found over years, okay, of practicing this and the way I, this, I started to practice was because I had to, was out of, it was literally 
losing my father, being the oldest in the family, kind of like thrusted at a very young age into the leadership role, trying to figure things out for me. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Oh, it's, it's okay. It turned me into who I am today, right? These are part, right. of, the, these are part of the things that it, it, it thrusted me into a leadership role before I even realized that I wanted to be in one. Right. And part of being good at, at, at leading is being able to ask questions and to be fearless about that. Fearless of, oh, I'm going to look stupid or fearless of what people are going to think, think about me. I had to disregard that because if I was going to figure these things out, I needed to ask. And so who cares what people think about me? And what I, what I found was 99% of the time, I didn't get made fun of 99% of the time. The person did help me out 99% of the time. The person that I did say that hard conversation to actually thanked me afterwards for being honest with them. Like, so I started, that started to compound for me in my early years. And I just realized that, and I read a book in my early twenties by uh, Jack Welch, who's the uh, founder of GE, one of the best right. companies ever. His yep. whole book is about being Great candid. Book. Yep. Yeah, being candid with people and being direct and being straightforward. And I've honest, honestly, some of the hardest things for you to say and do um, when you do them, not only do you end up getting a better response than you probably ever could imagine, but it is unbelievably cathartic because when you hold something in, when you when you want to say something or you feel a certain way and you're not honest with yourself, that'll eat away at you inside. And so the, the, the quicker you can get out how you feel, where coming from a heart, from a, from your heart, where you, where you really truly feel, get that off of you, the more cathartic it will be for you, the better you will feel about yourself. And so there's a bit of a selfish motivation behind me being that way too. Well, you're helping so many people and I really appreciate having you on the show It's such a pleasure to meet you. And thank you for sharing so much with us, like so much wisdom. It was really terrific. How can people get in touch with you, Adam? And my oh, wow. how can they listen? Let's give them everything. Uh, so I tell everybody before uh, before ever buying anything for us, please go take advantage of all the free content we have. Um, we have a website dedicated to a lot of stuff, mindpumpfree.com which has all kinds of free guides that we have created. We have three different YouTube channels that uh, one of them is all dedicated to exercises. Another one is the show. Another one is short clips of specific topics that we've addressed and covered. Um, go, go utilize that. Obviously the podcast you can download. We have five to seven blogs that go out a week. So if you haven't subscribed to our blog on our website, mindpumpmedia.com, these are all places. Uh, go consume all the free stuff first. Uh, and then if you need a program, we've got them. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Mind Pump. Everybody go to Mind Pump. Adam Schaefer, thank you so much for being on the show. And until next week, everybody, go live a fearlessly authentic life. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in this week to Fearlessly Authentic. Please listen again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and unlock the keys to a more powerful you. 